You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Gassaway. What's the scariest story you have? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking that question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. That's the sound of gas away. <laughs> I like that laugh. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. This is a 3 a.m. podcast. Sean, you start that. Wait, I thought we had the intro. No, but like, I think it's still good to be like. I always thought we were going alphabetical order when we uh, introduced ourselves. Because you said Charles, you say DJ, and I say Sean. I never thought about that. I just do it. I just assumed that's what it was. And so I always well, let's went go last. reverse alphabet. <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> All right. This is the 3 a.m. podcast. This is Sean. This uh, is Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was rushing too. <laughs> no, you're good. No, that's exactly how it should be. This is DJ. We're in this. Anyway, dude, yeah, for sure. So we got a DM today, and someone had submitted a question, and it's from the user. Ariana Grande. <laughs> I think she sings or something. I don't know. I think she's an actor. <laughs> she's a famous figure. So it's from Louie Arne on Instagram. Uh, they said, if you could have any superpower in order to scare people, what would it be? Which is weird because I feel like superpowers are usually meant for good. Mm, no. <laughs> not according to sean if i had the ability to like transport myself you know i'm stealing shit mm-hmm. i'd stick by the same superpower that i've said for a long time <laughs> which is shape-shifting into any animal and then i'd mess with people and talk to them oh gosh That'd yeah you could shatter like dreams that. like being a cat and be like what up say, bro? say one thing just one thing just like why are you eating that and they just look at me and then i just like walk away <laughs> you'd be like meow after that bro you just have to whisper like no one will believe you yeah or stop touching yourself <laughs> moo <laughs> cow, cow. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing that I was just going to stick with the superpower I've always said, which is, which is transportation, just like, like teleportation, teleportation. Yeah. Cause like then I could just night crawler. Yeah. Dude. X-Men one like jumper, two. just like pop up somewhere, scare the shit out of someone and disappear. Okay. I'm going to go with a new superpower. And if you had the ability to put images into people's mind, that could get terrifying. So like, and and if I can make you believe it was real, you know, so I would just like have you Inception. wake up in the morning and see your mom cutting her wrists or something. Oh, it's like giving people visions. Yeah. But whatever vision you want them to see. Mm-hmm. And I have a pretty good imagination. So I would just sit there and F their You're life You're like up. the monster from that, that one movie where they have to wear the blindfolds down the river. Dude, what did that movie mean? What what even was? Are you talking about Bird Box? Yeah, yeah, Bird Box. That's, That's my what life. It was. Bird Box was not that good. No, no, not it great. had a good like nothing. I guess scare fa- <laughs> scare factor. Like it was like had me on the edge of shock my seat. Factor, yeah, maybe? like the shock value. 
it definitely like was somewhat entertaining but it was i don't know at the but end it, it was hollow it was like written by like a high school kid or something <laughs> also it kind of falls in the category of just like unrelatable scary things that don't actually scare me because it's not relatable mm-hmm. so yeah. i don't know not you, my favorite horror genre your superpower though just reminds me of the architect in inception Oh, like you build build the whole world build and a nightmare make them believe they're in mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. you're gonna need a team <laughs> i got you <laughs> charles would be the architect in that oh thank you, you. honestly who what are the other jobs the chemist sean would be the tom the, hardy fool yeah the, what is he called again the uh no, he, what, no, the, wait, uh, he's called forger yes so you have to like convince people. Sean's perfect. He like has no soul, so he can lie. Yeah. <laughs> I got you guys. He leads a sales team. Been doing sales for <laughs> years. One of the most successful in the company. <laughs> um, take from that what you will. <laughs> Me, I'm the I'm the 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 fat brown dude who drives the van. <laughs> the chemist. The dude. To- <laughs> token black dude. I, I wake you guys up when it's ready. <laughs> You play the music for us? (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light lightness in my heart my head my emotions if that's something that you're needing if that's something that's missing uh, give therapy a try give better help a try uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3am. I want to take a moment to tell you about my podcast, Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage. In 1984, a woman named Phyllis Cottle was abducted in broad daylight, tortured, and left to die in a burning car in Akron, Ohio. At the time, I was a rookie reporter covering this horrific story. Since then, I've reported every kind of crime imaginable. I've been able to leave most of them at work, but not this one. The one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. Phyllis Cottle was a badass woman, and I want to tell you her story. A production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network. You can find Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at KillerPodcast.com. So, this week's story that I have comes from the user Trot Treacle. Ew. (laughs) <laughs> is treacle a real dessert yeah tr- treacle tart i think it's a british thing yeah well this this takes place in england oh, but i only ha- i only heard treacle tarts in harry potter bro <laughs> so i didn't know if that was real like pumpkin pasties i was gonna say pumpkin. that that muggle food bro <laughs> <laughs> we be eating yeah. muggle food they're eating all that good stuff oh. <laughs> yeah but this comes from trot treacle and they tell of the story about their grandparents and they get really excited about the story i can tell through the text because this is a story that their grandparents have told them you know multiple times growing up they say this is like their favorite story that their grandparents tell so the grandparents get married and they go on their honeymoon this takes a place about 60 years ago in the very southwest corner of england a region called Devon and there's a town that they go to for their honeymoon called Ilfric oh, I don't know I don't know how to pronounce it. it's weird but uh, they've been there a few times to travel um, so they were pretty familiar with the area there this time for their honeymoon so during their first couple of days there they're doing honeymoon stuff and 
<laughs> what kind of stuff? <laughs> Butt stuff. <laughs> Both ways. Oh. Um, they decide to go on a, a little stroll down this forest track, hmm. as they describe it in the story. And this is the first time they're walking this. And not too long down the track, they come across a tea room. Okay. If I had to guess what a tea room is, I have no idea. I would say a, a place where you drink tea. <laughs> I would I would think a a bird. A room in the shape of a tea. <laughs> a blue bird. I'm glad you guys don't know either because I didn't know if I was a stupid one. <laughs> um, so I had to look it up. It's basically England's version of a coffee shop. Gosh damn it. It was close. Okay, so Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they come across this tea room and the way they describe it is it's this cute, quaint little old house on the side of the track, which is, it makes me think of like medieval times almost. <laughs> you know how like travelers are. Come in weary come traveler. Through? Yes. <laughs> and they serve like the best mince pie west yeah. of the Ooh. Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, that's what I have in my mind thinking of this place. So they walk in. It's a couple people sitting down. Yeah. So the wife orders a tea cake. Husband orders a scone. And then they order a pot of tea as well. Sitting in between them. And bro, that's a shit snack, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, but they're loving this. Okay. (laughs) So much so that they ask the waitress what brand it is. Uh, They want to buy it to take home. Mm -hmm. And they describe how this is some of the best tea that they've ever had. After they're finished, they tip the waitress and they make small talk and then they leave. After they leave, they think about what they just did and they realize that the waitress and all the other workers there were wearing clothes that were old fashioned, you know, at least by a couple decades. Hmm. They thought that was weird, but nothing else besides that was weird for them. You know, everything else was normal. So they go back to the town, whatever, honeymoon. Before they leave, they decide they want to go back. They enjoyed it so much. They want to have tea one more time. So they go back. They walk the exact steps on the trail and they get there and there's no tea room. It's just a wall of trees. Coming down the pathway on the opposite side, it's a woman walking her dog and they approach her and they're like, hey, can we ask you a question real quick? Where's the tea room? Hold on. They're like, excuse me. <laughs> can we ask you a question? <laughs> Hello, puppy. <laughs> Do you see the bloody tea room that used to be here? <laughs> puppy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're, you're good. Um, I love just being ignorant sometimes. Yeah, um, so they stop her and they ask her, where's the tea room? And the woman says, there's no tea room here. We're in the forest. <laughs> And they're like, no, we were just here a few days ago, and we had tea at this tea room, you know? And she said there actually was a tea room here. She didn't say in this exact spot, but along this trail Mm -hmm. when I was a child, and they closed it down when I was a child. And they're like, that's so strange. Like, we, this isn't a complicated trail, and it's not far down the trail from when we first got here they walked around the trail and kept going down the path looking for this tea room and they couldn't find it again they finished their honeymoon and they go home and they had the i guess box of tea bags um that they bought from the place too and people online were asking well what about the money and apparently in england for about 70 or 80 years from the early 1900s to about 1970, the money was the same. Mm. And this whole thing happened in, I don't know, 1940s, 1950s, mm-hmm. about seven years ago. Before 1970, that was like pre-decimal currency. So everything evened out, mm-hmm. you know. So the money w- wouldn't have differed too much, you know. And apparently Queen Elizabeth was on the coin for a long time. That lady's old. So... <laughs> um or whoever yeah they just wrote it off as something like a slip in time 
Mm-hmm. That's what the grandparents explained it as. And they just laugh about it. Dude. But um, this is a story that they told their <laughs> children and their grand- grandchildren growing up. I'd be a little concerned. What did they eat? Ghost scones? Like my grandpa always says, air soup and wind biscuits. <laughs> when I was a child, I thought it was an actual thing and would be so excited, especially because I was so hungry and just not end up eating anything because that dude was a jerk. Have <laughs> <laughs> your grandpa. <laughs> He's dead too, so no. Okay, so I've heard about cases like this. It's not necessarily like a ghost or a memory. They literally think it's like a slip in time. And so it's like, it's actually there or like dimension kind of like a portal opens up Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of cases of that. And so some people say that's like how you explain um, ghosts and things like that. It's not a ghost. It is someone from that time who like the location is kind of like crossed over. Overlapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's interesting because some people responded, well, a lot of people responded to that story. And one of the comments from another user uh, mentioned how he had a similar experience growing up. He moved uh, to a new state. His mom moved to that state a year prior. He moves there. He's getting to know the town. While he's still new, he and a friend are walking around a strip mall close to his house. And they see an ice cream shop. So they walk in wanting to buy ice cream. A man inside there greets him and says, this is actually a wax museum. We do have ice cream. But in order to get ice cream, you have to go through the wax museum and we give you ice cream. I, I didn't Dirty, know. Dirty, bro. I yeah, I know. <laughs> Got bamboozled. Yeah. I didn't know if like they had to buy it or it was like a reward. I don't know. It was weird. Included in the ticket. He didn't ex- include those details, mm-hmm. but uh, they end up going through the wax museum. And strip malls are small. You know, it's tiny. Like there's really nothing much oh. to it, you know. But they described that their experience going into the wax museum, like a door in the back of the room just led to this huge, huge, just area with a bunch of wax figures, tons of different rooms, stairs, hallways going every which way. And they said it was really interesting and there was nothing inherently scary or terrifying or creepy about it Mm -hmm. besides wax figures on itself being kind of creepy. Oh, for sure. But other than that, nothing but as normal you know historical figures pop stars whatever celebrities mm-hmm. athletes all there in wax figure it takes them about an hour to go through and then they finally finish up and they come out they get ice cream and they leave they go home the kid talks to his mom is like hey we came across this really cool wax museum today it's right at the strip mall and the mom who's lived there for a year already she says there's no wax museum there or ice cream shop he's like yeah let's go i'll show you so they go back i don't know a couple days later and there's nothing there the shop's closed there's nothing inside the shop it's like they just packed up and left and was never there that that one isn't as the story that takes place in england you can see the different periods overlapping like you were talking about this one is more of a more of a mystery more of a mystery but also maybe like a portal or a gate to another place happening maybe currently. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about like alternate universes or something. I don't know. Dude, that's wild. Did you have, was there any more, any more comment? No, that's anymore. pretty much it. Like, I wonder this person was super responsive mm-hmm. on Reddit. People uh-huh. were asking them questions and they would call or text their grandparents oh, and get back like, to them. That's like, dope. This is what they said. This was the brand of tea. This is all these different things. To like check yeah. out all the facts and whatnot. Yeah. That's cool. Like the date. Hmm. The dates they were there. You know, the exact town they were in. Dude, we need to go over to England and walk this little path. Oh, go to a tree I'm or trying to get whatever myself it's called. Some, some scones and tea cake, bro. Oh, yeah. Yo, do you guys remember Dinosaur Sue? No. Dinosaur Sue? Yeah, S-U-E. It's the name of the dinosaur. No. In the, uh, it sounds familiar. In the early 2000s, <laughs> there was, they excavated this fossil, and it's a Tyrannosaurus rex, and it's one of the most, I don't know how you say it, comprehensive. Complete. Complete sets of a T-Rex fossil. Dope. And it's like 80% of it is there. And it was huge. Obviously, it's a T-Rex. And they toured it around the U.S. That just sounds vaguely familiar. But Dinosaur Sue came to 
a museum when I was eight years old. And I remember going to see it. And this story that I have is about this kid's experience going to see Dinosaur Sue as well uh, in 2002 when he was eight. Whoa. But, but in Chicago. Oh, dude, and that's like peak dinosaur time when you're when you're eight <laughs> i was thinking about time. that yeah <laughs> oh it's yeah. like before time one through 98 <laughs> <laughs> dude Littlefoot and that that song that they sing where it's like if we go on <laughs> dude that song still gets me bro dude that feels. movie is depressing little <laughs> let me just recap first 20 minutes of uh, uh land before time parents dead uh, uh separated from his adopted grandparents then for 15 minutes he's starving to death no tree stars and, like passes out because he can't find a damn tree star and then he finds one with like three drops of water in it and i think sarah like stomps on it or something <laughs> bro it's a depressing movie. It is a depressing movie. Around that time, we had Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. True. Dude, like, I fully thought I was a dinosaur for, like, a year. I ran around the playground just acting like a velociraptor. Dinosaurs were lit back then. <laughs> they still are yeah. in my mind. They, oh, hold, so they hold up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this exhibit that they had, they were traveling all around the U.S. They reached Chicago in 2002. And this user on Reddit by the name of Sydney Danielle 23 uh, shares their experience. Them, their brother, their aunt, the mother, and the grandmother. Five of them. Traveled. Yeah. So just to see the dinosaur. I guess see some other sites, but that was like the main thing. Yeah. So they get to this hotel. They're staying there for about five or six days. Uh, they see the dinosaur or whatever. Cool. They spend a lot of time at the hotel pool. This happens pretty much every day. They go to the pool, hang out, whatever. After a few days, the the person telling the story talks about going ahead. You know, they're, they're getting out of the pool. The mom's taking a little longer. Tells the mom, I'm going to run ahead to the room. And they're eight years old, but the mom lets them. Mm-hmm. And apparently they've done this before because when you exit the pool, go into the building, the elevator's right there. And apparently the their room was right outside the elevator so the mom's like yeah go ahead we'll be right after you yeah and the grandma decided not to go to the pool so the grandma's up there waiting you know so so at the most 10 minutes away from an adult if that, five dude, minutes yeah even less than five minutes i feel like yeah. yeah so this kid gets into the elevator they're on the seventh floor hits the number seven button boop 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 sees on the sign seven doors open Walks out of the elevator. Their room is the first door on the left. Turns a corner. And apparently the grandma said that they would leave the door cracked open. It wasn't. No big deal. Knocking on the door. No answer. Knocks on the door again. Still no answer. At this point he's getting kind of worried. Wondering if the grandma's okay. But then they think. Should it be much longer until, you know mom and the brother and the aunt follow them you know right behind Mm -hmm. and this goes on for just a couple of minutes not more than three or four minutes and but in that time they start to worry so i guess they started crying a little bit i'm getting really nervous the door opens and this old lady that they've never seen before comes out of the of like their room comes out of the room Hmm. and says Dear, I told you already yesterday, this is not your room. I'm sorry, but I'm on the phone with my son. Give it a moment, your mom is coming. And closes the door. What? Just as the door closes, the elevator opens. The mom runs out towards her son. Says, where have you been? We've been looking for you for the past 45 minutes. What? He's all confused, or they're all confused. Mom grabs them by the hand, runs into the elevator. Not runs, but kind of hurries along, you know? Mm -hmm. Gets into the elevator. Mom presses the seventh floor button. The elevator doors close. Before it even moves, it opens up immediately again. Mom takes the kid out, walks to the left, first door, slides the key card in, and walks in, and the grandma's there. And they talk about how they were looking for their son for 45 minutes. 
They were about to call the police. They had some hotel staff helping to look, but this person described this whole situation as like a glitch in time or a glitch in the matrix. Hmm. What? No, wait, the old lady said, I told you yesterday. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else that happened? Mm -mm. Dude, what were the comments? Were people freaking the F out? Uh, Everyone was pretty freaked out. This person got gilded for that post. Okay. So they were, they were answering questions too. They even posted pictures from their visit with dinosaur sue he's eight years old yeah dude how does he how has he coped with this how has he rationalized it he hmm, i don't know i don't know he just it's it's it was a glitch yeah Hmm. but the craziest part to me was he says that elevators freak him out that was the name of the post dude have you guys ever heard of the elevator game Mm-mm. Is that the one where you press all the buttons on the <laughs> elevator before you leave? And that's being a dickhead game. <laughs> that's Sean's <laughs> elevator game, everyone. So I can't remember where I came across the elevator game, but basically it's supposed to be like a ritual or incantation you can do in elevators. And if you press the floors in the right numbers and do the right things, you can open up into different planes. Or even like visit the devil or something. And I I honestly think I saw the elevator game when I was looking into Elisa Lamb. Who's hmm. that? Oh, is that? Yeah, go ahead. I think I know who you're talking okay. about. I think you both know who I'm talking about. And if you honestly, if you're interested in scary stories and you don't know who the F Elisa Lamb is, you need to catch the F up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so Elisa Lamb... I'm going to butcher this because I'm doing it from memory, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Shoot. Okay. Elisa Lamb was a college student, I believe, from Canada. There's a hotel in LA called the Cecil Hotel. And residents start complaining about the taste and the color of their water coming out of their sink. So after a couple days of these complaints, it's getting progressively worse tasting and brown. And so finally, like the staff, they've had so many complaints. They're like, fine, we're going to go check out what's going on. They go on top of the roof. They unlock the door to the roof. They climb up the huge ladder to the locked door on top of the water tower. And they open it up and they look down inside. And there is a decaying body in the water that the residents have been showering in and drinking. Ugh. So upon a little bit of investigation, they discover that this is the body of a lady named Elisa Lamb. So immediately authorities are like, okay, what the F is going on here? So they go through, they start talking to the, all the staff. They start talking to all the people who are there and they don't get a lot of information. They said some people saw her hanging out with one of the staff members, I think, who went out for a smoke or at least had talked to him. And then some people said she seemed normal, like she just, you know, I saw her come in with her luggage and I saw her go to her room. All normal stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Until authorities decide to check the hotel camera footage. Mm-hmm. So there is a super famous scene of a shot that they got from the hotel's elevator. And so the elevator shows Elisa Lamb opening the door to the elevator. And she steps inside, bends down, acts weird, presses a ton of buttons, and then stands up and gets into the corner of the elevator, almost like she doesn't want to be seen. And then as she's standing there, she peeks out of the elevator, steps out of the elevator, jumps out, jumps back in, jumps out, comes back in, gets in the corner. The whole time the elevator door doesn't close. Then after like acting weird like this for a while, she's standing there and her hands start moving in this like circular motion around her body and she starts contorting. And her hands start spinning and she like moves up like this in like this weird way that gives you bad feelings. And then after like jumping out 
and jumping back in, it looks like someone's chasing her or something, and she's trying to hide. She's frantic. Yeah, you can, it, it's you can weird. visually tell that she's frantic. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. She gets out of the elevator door, elevator, and the door closes. And that's the last you ever see of her. Last she was ever seen. And somehow she got upstairs through a locked door to the roof access. A pile of her clothes are near the water tower. And she is inside a locked water tower door. Decaying. Mm-hmm. And so some people in the comments or whatever I was reading was like she was playing the elevator game. And I think that's where I first saw it. But there's a ton of theories. Some of them she was a part of like apparently this is super conspiracy or whatever she was a part of some medical research thing Mm -hmm. like a big pharma drug thing and made her go crazy dude i don't know if i'm allowed to say elisa lamb anyway so you've seen the video then yeah no sean have you seen the video i have dude what are your thoughts it's possible it's possible that she was playing an elevator game and the fact that she was filmed is definitely strange because if it was a suicide attempt, why would they consent to being filmed? If it was something that... Wasn't it just CCTV footage? Yeah, it was like just elevator camera, camera? Yeah, yeah. Also, real quick, I, it's important to note, toxicology comes back negative, not yeah. on drugs. Yeah. I don't know how much... I, I'd have to read more about the... Act, like what the elevator game is but i feel like in a high stress emotional just conflicting a lot of moving pieces story like that it's easy for somebody to slip in one little piece of their own and say yeah she was playing the elevator game for sure you know yeah so i don't know how much i believe that but i mean just starting with the facts on its own that she looked frantic looked like she was running away from someone and she ends up in a water tank that was locked yeah on the roof of a hotel like that alone is like terrifying you don't need to add anything to make that more scary yeah it's terrifying yeah but yeah uh, this person is wrecked by elevators they probably think about that experience every time they step into one some people aren't weren't scared when they got lost as a kid Mm. but this kid was I, most most kids are yeah you know but this this kid was starting to get kind of scared because they described themselves as they start to cry you know mm-hmm. yeah and then got more confused when that lady came out that he's never seen of their room that they were staying in but saying you're not at the right place mom grabs him the craziest part to me is when they get in the elevator and it doesn't move and they get right back out and go opens. into the same room like when I read that, that gave me chills that ran through my spine. Yeah, as a kid, you're pro- you he, he probably was staring at the elevator, and the numbers like just broke broke his brain. You know, not yeah. able to comprehend what the hell just happened. And it's like a lot of elevators don't have don't even have like the thirteenth floor or thirteenth number to go to. <laughs> Dude, superstition's a hell of a drug. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy how that my lucky seep- number is thirteen, bro. <laughs> <laughs> i've actually been looking at a bunch of stuff on the elevator game and when you kind of brought up that as a kid this kid is lost like he's probably freaking out part of the elevator game is you're pressing different floors and going to different floors and if he's freaked out he may have accidentally done that hmm. and gone from like floor to floor to floor to the seventh floor and there's even a post on here that says beware of the seventh floor in this game hmm interesting interesting oh the seventh floor the seventh floor specifically it says beware of but that's not one of the ones that you're supposed to even press during this game he does mention that he explicitly remembers pressing seven and looking at the sign saying seven it beeps door opens and he leaves the first time he comes out of the elevator Mm -hmm. i think he if i i can remember i'd have to look again but apparently while the hotel staff was helping the mom look for her son they looked at the camera footage and they saw that the kid went into the elevator mm-hmm. and doesn't come out for 45 minutes. And the Whoa. mom does the same thing. Goes into the elevator. She doesn't come out for 45 minutes. So there's footage of them going in the elevators and staying there for 45 minutes each. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for the kid, oh. that lasted a couple of minutes. You know, yeah. Walking out, yeah. knocking on the door a few times until somebody answers. 
you know, and saying that's not it. And right when she closes, the old lady closes the door, elevator opens and the mom comes out and says, we've been looking for you for 45 minutes. It's like a glitch in the matrix. That's the, that's the sub that it's on. It's called the subreddit is called Ugh. glitch in the matrix. I hate that. You remember that time though, when we were doing the ghost tour in Portland mm-hmm. where she brings up like vortexes mm-hmm. and, and we're all laughing and we're like, Oh, look at my uh, counter thing. <laughs> look like, at my Geiger counter, bro. <laughs> it's raging. <laughs> it's peaking redlining. But like legitimately portals and vortexes are, things that people believe in yeah at least the subject that's in paranormal well the black hole i mean what does that lead to nobody knows you know it's a vacuum yeah we don't know anything about it so it could be all around us we know that the black hole is a real thing yeah 100 that very well could be defined as a portal you know or a gate there's other places like bermuda triangle oh yeah. yeah yeah It's like where it's a hotbed of, of like activity, right? Mm-hmm. I saw a meme for a Facebook event. It was like, storm the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Dude, can't, can't lose all of us. <laughs> Catch me on that one, dog. Get a tan. <laughs> can't lose all of us. Can we um, pause real quick? Because I got pissed. Go. Okay, I'll piss too. Sean's peeing right now. It's the loudest pee, dude. Dude, it's a steady stream, it's bro. So- it sounds like his ween is like three feet away from the water. Sounds hydrated, bro. <laughs> I can already tell that that <laughs> urine is translucent. He sounds like his bladder is where Gatorade is made. Dude, it sounds like... <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. Yeah. Trip, trip. Trip, trip. Stoked. Bro, you ever had like deja vu? That's no, never. What always is that? creepy, bro. Yes, I have. And dot dot dot. Okay. Uh, this experience is when I had deja vu, but I was visiting my grandparents who live in Hurkin, Utah. And Hurkin, Utah is right by Laverkin, Utah. <laughs> An even smaller, more desolate town. <laughs> Sounds horrible. <laughs> yes. And it's in the middle of the desert. So imagine Red Rock Desert. That's that's like what it is. Yeah. And so I'm there with my older sister, um, Brittany. And she's like, dude, I am bored. And I was like, yo tambien, which means me tambien. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's like, dude, let's go. Let's just cruise around and just look for people. I believe her exact words were, let's go look for polygamists and throw rocks at them. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) You ain't, bro. (laughs) Uh, So we start cruising around and it's a creepy town. It's been, it's been like, um, it's been really, what's the word? Like it's been really developed since then, but 10, 12 years ago, it was trailers and in these small homes and it was like yeah it was desolate it was scary so we're driving she's just taking all of these back roads we're getting deeper and deeper um looking to pelt some pelags with some rocks <laughs> some filthy casual we're looking to pelt some pelags with pebbles you know what i mean and uh we're driving down the road and she like slams on the brakes i'm like what 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 just ready with my sniper arm (laughs) and she's like i've seen this house and we're parked in front of this like not like overtly creepy house it kind of looks normal but we're parked right in front of it and she's staring up at it like it's the scariest thing she's ever seen and she's like i i saw this house in a dream and she's looking around and she's like i've been here before i dreamt about this place what and i was creeped out thoroughly and she's like we gotta leave and she just gassed it and we took off but that was probably the most intense uh instance of like deja vu or recognizing a place i don't know if that's deja vu though so but like she said she had a dream about it was that a bad dream then or yeah she said it was a nightmare Wow. So uh, she'd like seen the place. She said she doesn't remember if it was like a man or murderer. She remembers being chased and that was the house where she was in front of. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Dude. She was like, it was the same door. 
the same windows. It was the same driveway. I had like this really steep driveway that went up to the house. She was like, it was the exact same place. And she's like, I've never been here, but I dreamt that place. Dude, dreams are a scary thing sometimes. It's like questions of the universe. I feel like <laughs> it's like that we'll never know until I don't know. Is there life after this one? If there is, are we going to learn more? We better, dog. <laughs> I ain't about to cliffhanger all these mysteries. <laughs> yeah, our life is just one huge cliffhanger. Um, so I, I read this story, I don't know, a month or two ago in the middle of the night before I was going to bed. So smart. I'm telling it from that memory. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the main points down. Basically... He was driving from, I believe, Portland to North Dakota. Why? <laughs> For work. That's a trek, dog. Yeah. And this was his first time driving this route. His grandfather, I think, was also like a truck driver or uh, did something where he's driven this way a bunch of times. But this is his first time, so he's driving, driving, driving. He passes the Idaho border. Halfway through Idaho, he encounters a ton of rain at this specific point in time. Like, it just starts rain pouring, like, super hard. And he thought that was strange because before he took off, he looked at the weather report for where he was going to be within the next day nothing clear skies it's nighttime by this time with his big truck he doesn't think it's safe to be driving so he try he takes the next exit there's a sign that says lodging and food mm-hmm. so he decides to stay at this inn and he gets there nobody parked in the parking lot it's like a one or two story motel and he goes to the main office it's closed But there's a paper on the door that says, basically describes if you want to stay there, put money in the envelope. And it's it's like an honor code system. Like there's different parks that do that. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. It's like campground. Yeah, Yeah, campgrounds and stuff like that. But this was for an inn. Um, So he says he puts money inside. So we'll believe him. (laughs) We'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but I'll find you, like I said. Grabs a key, goes into his room, gets ready to go to bed and... Decides that he'll wake up in the morning, maybe grab some food, and then take off again. But mainly stopped because of the rain and uh, dangerous conditions. He didn't know how long it would last. Plus, he was tired. So, as he's going to sleep, there's a sound of a car pulling up outside. No big deal. You know, it's a motel. But the car stays on. Car door doesn't open. I can't remember if the lights stay on or off, but he just thought it was strange that after like 10 minutes, it's still there and he can't go to sleep because of how loud the car is. He gets all, uh, he he stands up, gets out of bed and just opens the curtain a little bit to peek and he sees somebody sitting in the car. That's it. Hmm. He gets in uh, back into bed. The car's still there after some time. He dozes off. He wakes up. It's morning. No rain. Sunny. Uh, He gets ready to leave. Walks out. Truck's there. The car isn't. Uh, He gets in his truck and then he continues driving his route. And he describes his experience as he didn't see one single person in the town. You know, the whole time he was there. And at night, even in the morning... He just got on the freeway and left. Not one person, not one car, um, except for the one that pulled up right outside his motel. Hmm. Gets to, I guess, North Dakota and finishes his job and then goes back home. I can't remember if he specified where home was. And when he gets home, he sees his grandpa. Grandpa asks him how everything is going, asks him how the drive was. And he was like, it was good. It wasn't too bad. But I did have this one weird experience in Idaho. And this is why I want to find the source, because he says the specifics of this next part. He says, but I stopped in this specific town. It was just really weird because I didn't see anyone there. And the motel seemed abandoned, but, you know, I left money. 
and got a key and stayed there the night and kept driving the next morning. And the grandpa says, wait, where did you stop? And he's, he mentions the name of the town. And the grandpa says, I've driven that route a hundred times. There's no town named that. So they pull out a map and he pinpoints a point A and point B. And he's like, it is in between these two points. And he looks on the map and there's no town marked as that. Hmm. But that was the name of the town on the sign when he pulled off the exit. And there's a motel that he stayed at and slept at. It didn't show up anywhere on the map. And the grandfather said that there's nothing that exists between those two towns. This is quickly becoming like the scariest scenario to me. I don't want glitches like this to happen because I don't know if I could handle it. The crazy thing is if he was going from, when you said Portland to North Dakota, probably would have driven through like the northern part of Idaho. And you have Coeur d'Alene. After that, there's nothing. Nothing until Montana. Legitimately, I've driven that as well. Besides Coeur d'Alene, which is not a small town, there aren't any other towns in Idaho on that route. Dude. It's crazy because these so-called glitches, nobody realizes them until after it's happened and when everything's back to normal. Yeah. You know? Sean, you've done a Probably the most driving, like out of a lot of my friends. You've been to forty-eight states. Sean's 46. family moved fifty-plus times, and and for a lot of Sean's vacations with his family, it was let's drive across sixteen states and come back and come back. <laughs> so Sean's driven this this country all like a ton. Ain't no man travel this road more I've been, than Sean Gasway. <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. And so I, I've asked you before, but like, I don't know. Have you ever felt anything weird out on the road or like, did it become home for you? Were you used to it? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I was definitely used to it. I uh, remember sleeping at rest stops. Like Whoa. we would have our seven passenger van for our eight passengers. Don't turn us in. Uh, we would stop at like the rest stops cause we we're on a 48 hour drive and just sleep there for like a couple hours. And that was always weird, but like started to feel normal after the 18th time driving across the States, <laughs> got pretty used to seeing all the tourist traps and all the, the weird, just like attractions yeah. straight up. South Dakota has signs every 10 miles for 300 miles advertising free water. <laughs> At this stupid ass wall drug place <laughs> has a giant jackalope statue on it. Well, water used to not be free. Did you know that? Why? You used to have to pay for water at restaurants. Well, so there was one restaurant somewhere in the states that started advertising free water. You know uh-huh. that everyone started going to that restaurant, and then it just became normalized throughout became you know, the world yeah. <laughs> to serve free water. So I wonder if those were just old signs from you know. I mean, probably. Was, what else happens in South, South Dakota? Dakota? I don't know. <laughs> inbreeding (laughs) that's west virginia dude yeah that's more south (laughs) south 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 it's the south of south dakota (laughs) so i don't know i've always these areas we kind of talked about like the bermuda triangle things like that there's areas that are like forbidden right so this guy he said i had to drive pretty far and it was across northern california And he had to go to a certain place, so he planned out this route, and he got out a map, and he looked, and he was like, okay, I'm just going to take, this is the shortest way, I'm taking this way. Mm -hmm. And he mentions it it to someone, and the person he tells it to is like, dude, you, no, you can't take that highway. He's like, why not? It's the the fast, it's the most direct way I'm going to take this way. Right, makes sense. No, dude, no one takes that highway. Ever since they built the new interstate, like, no one takes that highway. Plus, weird things happen out there. So that dude was like the old school Waze app. <laughs> yeah. So also, there's an accident and the cops are on that. No. Yeah, it's going to take 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. to get through this section of the freeway. <laughs> but he's like, what are you talking about, dude? And this is a no-nonsense guy. He had been in the military. He was like, yeah, I'm going to take the most logical way. And his <laughs> friend's like, seriously, man, like, just be careful. So the guy starts out on his trail. Or starts out on his trip, takes an exit, and he goes. And it's like the mountains, and it's rural. 
and it's pretty it's not desolate because it's lush but there's not there's no one out there and he gets further and further from the main highway and what his friend said just keeps playing over in his head and he's super aware that he's outside of signal and there's no one around finally he gets to the highway and it's taking him up all the way up this mountain and the highway he said the condition of the road is like neglected it's like an old road so he's like in the forest and he comes up over this hill and he describes it as he reaches over the top the road kind of goes down into this valley so he can see down into this road and there is this one single lane road through this huge meadow of tall grass on each side and as he comes over the hill, he looks way down this road and he sees a car parked across the road. And immediately his like danger senses are going off. Mm-hmm. Like parked blocking the road. It's blocking both. Yeah. It's both like ways. diagonal across the road. Okay. So he sees it and slows down, leans over, reaches under his passenger seat and pulls out a pistol and sets it on his his passenger seat. So he starts driving a little slower and he pulls up and he's probably 700 yards off. And the not only is the car parked across both the lanes, but there's two bodies laying in the road. And the trunk of the car is open. And these bodies are both face down. And one of them is like the shirt's off, it's like laying near the body. And so he parks and he's staring. And instantly he's like, oh my gosh, you know, I need to help these people. But this is a no nonsense, no bullshit dude. And he's like, I'm not taking any risks. So he stares at the bodies. He's staring at the car. And he sees, if I dodge the first body on the right, cut hard to the left and gun it, I might dip off the shoulder, but I can get around this car. So he sits there, staring at it, gets up the courage and throws his car into drive peels off dodges the first body dodges the second body goes around the left of the car dips off into the shoulder and just clouded dust up behind him and he said his heart's pounding and he doesn't know why he's like i was unnaturally scared and i'm not someone who gets scared so he takes off he gets like half a mile down the road and he slows down and he looks back up into the rearview mirror and one of the bodies is sitting straight up staring at him And as he's staring at that body, he said 70 people come out of the tall grass on each side. And they're all like wearing hoods and things. And he took off. (laughs) He kind of closes with, I have no idea who they were, what they were, what they wanted with me, but it wasn't good. It's like the hills have eyes. Dude. It's one of my biggest fears is to come across a community who are all in on it. I feel like Hot we talk fuzz. about that quite a bit. Yeah. You know, people who are in on something that you aren't. Crusty jugglers, dude. Crusty jugglers. Dude, he trusted himself, man. He trusted his intuition and luckily made it through. Dude, that's one of my things that I do is if I ever get a feeling to do like something or go a specific way. Do it. I'm always like, Mine as well. Yeah. There's never like a second guess. Well, this is 25 minutes longer. Mine as well. Yep. I ain't got nowhere to be. Hmm. I'm sitting in work two days ago and I work in marketing and insurance. So mm-hmm. pretty boring. <laughs> and we have But a, you do the coding. <laughs> You're the web designer for that. So, but still it's like more exciting. Um, so I have, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to meetings all day and they're talking about insurance for old people. And I'm like, okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So it's all kind of just like a low buzz, right? Yeah, these people are going to die soon. So. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, get it over. Right, no, Betty White. <laughs> and so there was a guy there. He's like a rep for a plan, right? So he's been talking and talking talking. And like I said, low buzz. I'm just kind of tuning everything out, doing my, my work. Until he goes, I hear him say something like, yeah, I had an employee who worked for me in Texas who wrote a book. And she made a couple million dollars and she quit. So I was like, okay. So I kind of like looked up from my screen. He goes, I can't remember what it was about. It was something to do like, um, Harry Pomper. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> he passed. No. He's, it's something to do with um, all the disappearances off that highway in Texas. And I like, I instantly looked from around my screen and looked at him. And like, he was kind of just talking. I don't think anyone was really giving, paying attention to him. And so all of a sudden I'm staring at him. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and he, so he locks onto me and he's excited that someone cares. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, this insurance plan is going to cost eighty nine ninety nine. And he goes, yeah, this lady who used to work for me, ah, I forgot her name, but she wrote a book and it's about all the disappearances off this highway in Texas. So I was like, what's her name? Where's this highway? What's going? So I instantly start Googling everything, right? And he's like, oh, I can't remember her name. So I look up, I start Googling things, and all of a sudden, the a reoccurring thing starts popping up every time I start Googling this. And I click on a Wikipedia page, and it's for the killing fields in Texas. What? And I'm like, does it have something to do with the killing fields in Texas? And he goes, yes. Yeah, it does. So I read him all the books, and I read him all the authors. And he's like, no, none of those ring a bell. Oh, wait. She wrote it under a pseudonym because she was terrified that she was going to be killed. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, she got the money delivered to a separate town she doesn't even live in. And I was like, why was she so afraid? And he's like, I don't know. When I talked to her about it, she was visibly not wanting to talk about it. And she kept looking around to make sure no one was listening. Wow. And so I started Googling and looking up Reddit. What the hell are the killing fields in Texas? And that is what I will go over next time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but dude, so I'll leave you with this. He had, he lived in Texas for a while to, to work on insurance. He's mm -hmm. been in insurance for like 35 years. And he told the people there, oh yeah, I have to drive over there. And they're like, what way are you taking? And he's like, I'm going to take I-45. And they're like, no, 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 no. He's like, what do you mean? You cannot take that road. And people, everyone who he told was terrified of I-45. Don't Google it, you bastards. Let me tell you next week. <laughs> that was but, some uh, reaching for my phone. <laughs> someone said, if you really have business out there, you can't go out there. And he's in a Hispanic dude. And they were like, do you have someone who you work with who is white with blonde hair and blue eyes? What? And they were like, send them out. Don't go out there. And they were like dead serious. And he was like, what? He's like, I was in the military. I don't give it, you know. Yeah, yeah, Similar yeah. story to the last thing. He's like, I don't care. But he ended up doing it. What he was saying, though, is they are terrified of the killing fields in Texas. And they're still scared. <sighs> and so we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Bro. Nope. V excited for the different stories that we have we have quite a f handful of people who have sent us stories we haven't even started sharing them yet dude we want we we will you know um we also have some fun guests coming on soon yeah we've planned out a ton of haunted places we're gonna go to ourselves and try to document mm -hmm. and throw that up on youtube just more content for you guys those are some things that you can look forward to yeah we're trying our best to to plan and to progress this whole brand forward and uh really just entertain hopefully educate a little and dude at the end of the day it's just i genuinely have fun doing this and we're just trying to share that fun with anyone out there so mm -hmm. um already or thank you to everyone who's sent things in questions stories mm-hmm we appreciate this support. We say it every week because we, we mean it. Like uh, little comments or DMs or emails that people send us, that that gets us going. That's like juice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's good. So thank you so much for your support. Feel free to plug us and share our social media or the actual podcast episodes, friends, family. But If you have any stories, go ahead and send those in to us. That's uh, at the number three am podcast stories at gmail.com and uh if you do have a preference for which one of us you would like to read those go ahead and add that and along with where you're from and that'd be great cool yeah 
audio recording video yeah, or we're open dude we're trying to figure it out too yeah uh i just want to say goodbye love you and be safe thanks for listening till next time Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us.